On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. You haven't an idea until it gets underway. For those who are not here, Paint as good a picture as you can. A grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. A grain of rice. Just like Because I love this county so much, you know. And that's it. It is all over. It is just not meant to be. I'm Will Slattery here to discuss an exciting opening weekend of Alliance Football League action. Kerry gave youth the chance against Donegal. Dublin hit the ground running against Kildare and Mayo dug out a narrow win in Monaghan. Dublin legend Kieran Whelan will be joining me in just a moment to recap round one. But first, I'm joined in studio by Martin Bretney of the Irish Independent and Connor McKeown of the Herald. Connor, we'll start with uh, the Division 1 football action, probably the game of the weekend for me. Kerry 218, Donegal 314. Uh, an eagerly anticipated game in the moment Damon Fitzmaurice made uh, his team selection to so many exciting young players on show. I think David Clifford obviously was the one people were most eager to see, but Sean O'Shea put in a great performance as well. What did you make overall of, of how the Kerry Young Guns got on? Yeah, like it was typical first round of the league fair. You know, you tend to have a pretty exciting first round of the weekend, and I think that was probably the most exciting game of the day. I think there was eight debutants in the Kerry team to, to start off with, so like they weren't going to be particularly polished but I think as Colm Keyes pointed out in the paper today like the Kerry public came down pretty hard on Eamon Fitzmaurice for playing a sweeper last year in the All-Ireland semi-final uh, Donegal have already sort of almost publicly said they need to maybe evolve their style a little bit to be more competitive this year so what you have yesterday was a game with that many scores early on I, I, I thought he would start David Clifford to be perfectly honest like I think with David Clifford it's a question of when not if he comes up to that standard and I think the more games you get into him particularly this time of year the quicker he will get there but as Tomas O'Shea said last week at the podcast they were talking about Sean O'Shea as far back as last summer they were actually talking about him as a potential bolter had Kerry made the All-Ireland final to spring on Dublin in the final and I thought he was exceptional yesterday because you know if you go back to last year in the All-Ireland semi-final and like Kerry's half forward line in the last couple of years with Mikey Ganey there um, um, with um, okay, Stephen O'Brien is pretty prolific. Johnny I think Jonathan Buckley. Lyon, Johnny Buckley. It hasn't been the most prolific. Could do with a proper score. Yeah, they can do with somebody more prolific there. And I thought Sean O'Shea was excellent yesterday. And similar with Jason Foley. Like it, it you know, we said it last week as well. The Kerry full back line came in for an awful time last year between Shane, Shane Enright um, and. Killian Young I think ended up playing there in the All-Ireland semi-final and they have had an awful lot of really good defenders across those four minor teams and I think Jason Foley was probably the standout fullback um, of the four minor teams that they brought through and I thought he did pretty well yesterday as well so like all told I think they'd be pretty happy with the fact that they won the game with so many young players in the team and I think the fact that we've now gotten the Clifford debut out of the way it's not a, it's not as much of a thing anymore I think he'll probably be freer to, to kind of find his level uh, slightly more under the radar for the rest of the spring 
Yeah, Martin, I guess a lot of the focus was on Sean O'Shea and David Clifford and those young, exciting forwards. But from a defensive perspective, Kerry conceded 3-14 and they came in for a lot of criticism in the two semifinals against Mayo last year for maybe being a bit open. So still looks like there is a bit of work to be done to you know, shore up that defence. Well, I suppose after one game in the league, there's an awful lot of work to be done. And if you look at a lot of the scores over the weekend, there were a lot of very high scores, a lot of... Uh, obviously a lot of uh, scores even teams lost uh, lo- you know Kildare lost scoring 2-10 Meath didn't win scoring 2-12 neither did common. after the last scoring 1-13 so there were very very high scores and and I suppose the, the weather conditions were pretty good pitch is still very heavy obviously but the weather conditions were pretty good but uh, it was very early it's really early days and uh, obviously Kerry delighted to get home by a point but uh, 3-14 you don't win many matches when you can see 3-14 yeah it's is it still the full back line the the issue for you there? Because I I guess there was you know the, the the final goal was a good high ball over the top that kind of exposed him a bit. Well, I'd say it's probably the the whole the the, the whole setup at the moment is still only beginning. I mean, he's got to make he's got to really stick with a lot of new guys. He's got to go with it this year. The, the, the other the other model didn't work. I mean, that has run his course. And he may as well. He's got to go with them and see are they good enough and stick with them and work with them. And that's I'm sure what he will do. And I mean, look at it. It's very early in the year, but you would have to say that Kerry are still probably the most likely if if they if these young fellas to show up to, to, to really challenge Dublin later on because they've got but they've got to go with them and stick with them and I think he will Delighted to be joined on the line by Dublin legend Kieran Whelan now Kieran, um, you know what, what did you make of the kind of infusion of youth into the Kerry team yesterday I know David Clifford obviously was the main focus going into the match he, he played okay I think Sean O'Shea did probably overshadow him a bit though yeah, listen, he was sub- subdued, but he's 18 years of age, I suppose, and, he's, and a lot of pressure on him. And as Connor said, the, the debut was out of the way. But, you know, from the Kerry perspective, you know, I think people have been calling for them to go through this period of transition for the last couple of years. Eamon maybe stayed a little bit loyal to some guys last year. And when you bring eight debutants in, yeah, it is a case of sink or swim. And, and you got to kind of expose them maybe to a level of football and a, and a tactical level of football that really asks questions of them. And so while Kerry will be disappointed in conceding three goals, and yes, you know, the, there's evident problems in, the, in, in their defence, he really, there's no point in protecting these guys when they get on the field and, 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 and playing with sweepers. And he has to see what, what, what level they're at. So I think generally he, will, he would have been delighted to get out with a victory yesterday. You know, the game, the second half was, was phenomenal. Great entertainment, end to end stuff. Um, you know, Donegal to their credit really took the game to carry into the wind uh, and I thought Donegal yesterday also had some brilliant performances uh, you know they've kind of adapted their their, their tactics that, in that they're not they're not crowding the defence and playing with double sweepers but they flooded the midfield area yesterday and they utilised the, the bodies they had in that area to play a very good counter-attack game against Kerry and it caused them a lot of the difficulties and the likes of Orm McNeilish is back he's been he, he was fantastic yesterday um, down to 14 men after losing Nathan Mullins Patrick McBrady was brilliant so there was a lot of positives in the game I think from Donegal's perspective yesterday but overall Kerry Sean O'Shea brilliant on the 40 you know Ronan Shannon back back there as well uh, Clifford is going to get better so you know they've definitely a range of options but it, it, they have to give these game, fellas time I think we, we don't appreciate sometimes that it can take a long time for young lads to adapt into county football and sometimes we put a huge expectation on their shoulders that they're going to deliver immediately and they're just gaining experience so I, I think people have to, got to be patient but it is the right process from Kerry to, to try and look and evolve and, and bring a bit of depth into their, in, into their forward line because they needed it after last year. 
Yeah, it's funny, Connor. Obviously, the last time a lot of people would have seen David Clifford play, it was scoring 4-4 in the minor final, and then you might have an unrealistic expectation that he's just going to be able to do something similar immediately on the senior stage. But even when he got those early touches, he did seem a little maybe cagey or nervous. Even when he got the assist for the goal, he had fumbled it in front of goal, which maybe last year he would have banged it into the top corner. So it might take him maybe a couple of games just to even get used to the physicality of the or the increased physicality. Yeah, I think so. Um, like I, t- I don't think he'd be sort of left... I don't think he'd be found wanting in terms of his physicality because he is a big boy. He has a big frame. Obviously, he'll, he'll probably put more meat on that frame over the next little while. And if you look at the, you know, I suppose the, the one fellow who really made a step up very quickly in the last couple of years, uh, Conor Callahan, he was in a similar situation that he was already built physically for the senior level. And, it, and it's a very important thing because you can be, you know, you can be pushed around very easily. I think the other thing for David Clifford is... It took him a few games too. To it did, yeah, absolutely did. But, you know, when he, found his, when he found his role, and I don't think his role was overcomplicated with Dublin. Um, and I think the same thing will be, you know, I don't think Eamon Fitzmaurice is asking David Clifford to do anything, uh, you know, that's particularly alien to him because it can be difficult. He spent four years or three years with the Kerry Miners and with his college as well, being the main man and you know he plays for a small club Fossa as well where the ball goes through him the whole time he's the main man whereas now he's a cog in a forward line so you know they'll do well not to kind of overcomplicate the thing for him and I think you know in the long run it, it will help if he has uh, if he has Paul Ganey beside him there because Ganey's a good ball winner and um, he's a good man to finish a move as well so look it'll be interesting to watch but I, I, I would still expect him just on the basis of his of his talent and his balance and his I suppose how good a kicker of a ball he is that he will make the Kerry Championship team Yeah Martin I think a lot of people watched yesterday's game with an emphasis on how these young players would go but from a Donegal perspective there seemed to be a lot of positives there, there had been a bit of talk that Declan Bonner was trying to play a slightly more open style than what they had in years previous 3-14's a good score and Owen McNeilish making his comeback in the league he looked really really good as good as he did a couple of years ago as he, well He did just one point on, on um, Clifford for, I remember the first time um, the Gouge played a championship match it was against Cork in June 2002 and it was a horrible wet day and it was uh, a small crowd there I think I don't playing the World Cup the same day but it was a horrible day You'd, when you see the Gouge that day you'd say you know what he'll never make it because he just looked completely out of it was such a horrible day and such, so a day like yesterday and start of the season I mean Clifford is, is, and he's a much bigger man than Goode so you can't make any judgment whatsoever <laughs> but in relation to Donegal I, was, I did a piece recently with Declan Bonner and he was making that point that he wants them he just felt that they became too predictable and too good but having said that I mean I remember doing a piece this time last year with uh, Matty McLean and in Cavan and he said that he was going to just, this defensive football was um, he wasn't going to play it in the whole lot and it was all about attack and it was that was the first game they played. They played um, uh, in, in a, a McKenna Cup game. And then said the first 40 seconds, he had 13 players behind, <laughs> behind his own 45. So, so much for that. So, we'll see how it goes. But it looks like Declan Bonner's telling the truth <laughs> yes, for the moment. Is, anyway. yeah, but we'll see as the season goes on. Yeah. But uh, uh, he certainly has said that he's going to bring a different style and a different I think approach the, I to freshen it up a bit. I think Stephen Wallace was quoted earlier on the year saying that uh, the only style to play was the Kerry football style and awfully that they can see 318 to Longford yesterday as well so like good intentions and all the rest but sometimes get curtailed well, like, just on that off, that's on that Offaly team like I saw them in the O'Byrne Cup against Dublin and I'd heard those comments and I was pretty impressed so I thought Offaly had even money against Longford was a decent bet 10 points down at half time I think and ended well, up losing by well there was uh, years ago when there was uh, I suppose there were a lot more challenge games played years ago in that break between the, the league and the championship and, uh, and we used to always say that uh, Kildare were the uh, All Ireland Challenge Game champions because you hear stories every year of that they were th- of the Divinal in, in, in Challenge Games and play quite a lot of them at that stage in the April, early May period. So 
You can't judge much on what you see before before first uh, of February. But we'll move on to the All Ireland Challenge champions now. They obviously play Dublin on Saturday night. Kieran and I was just interesting to see Keane O'Neill's comments in today's paper. He referred he referred to a, a kind of a cynical moment in the game where Kevin Feely w- was injured, and he said that maybe that was one of the key turning points. And then even on Saturday night, James Horan on the TV was talking with Johnny Cooper and some of his antics. Like, what did you make of, of that element of the game? Because I know Dublin obviously did play very well, but there was a couple of incidents that were singled out by a few people. Yeah, listen, it's probably a little bit over-exaggerated. I, I don't actually recall the Kevin Feely incident. I don't know, was it a bang, a knee to a head or something like that? I'm not, I'm not, too, I'm not too sure. Uh, but listen, I think from Keane O'Neill's perspective, when you, have a, when you have a player of Kevin Feely's status and he's probably been the, the reason Kildare improved so much last year because he was fundamental in the middle of the park. He was very effective in the Leinster final. So to lose his... Uh, to lose him in a, in a game like that is, is obviously a big blow to Kildare because they're very, very reliant on him. Whether the, I, I think it's a little bit probably rich to blame, you know, that it was cynical or it was intentional or anything like that. You know, these, these things happen in game where people pick up knocks. I would I would be very surprised uh, if there was intent on behalf of the Dublin team in the first round of the league two weeks back after after training. Uh, I think I think it's been a little blown out of proportion. You know, every player every every player picks up knocks. You know, every week, and sometimes it can just be our better players, and can just be a little bit unfortunate. But I don't recall the incident. I, I only read that this morning. To be honest with you, it wasn't something that I picked up on, on on Saturday night. So, you know, from from a Dublin perspective, they would have been very, very happy. I think they were rusty in the first. 10, 15 minutes on, on, on Saturday night but they recovered very well and settled into the game and I, I was blown away by their level of conditioning and they looked extremely fresh and fit for this time of year you know you go back 10 or 15 years you know when fellas had a, had a proper off season they would have been gasping for air with only two weeks of training under their belt so I think there's a message in that that they've kind of looked after themselves very very well over the, over the, over the off season and that they've come back very very fresh and you know Kildare there, from my perspective, I'm I'm still waiting for to see something different from them. Um, you know, still waiting for them to move to that next level. I, I wouldn't benchmark them against Dublin per se. I'd benchmark them over the next you know six seven weeks to see how they compete in Division One. But you know, I still think you know Daniel Flynn caused Dublin a few problems the other night. He opened them up a couple of times, but apart from that, I'm I'm not sure whether they have the firepower up front that's going to be a big threat in Division One this year. Yeah, from a Kildare perspective, Connor, it was I saw Frank Roach made this point in his in his report of the game that obviously in the Leinster final last summer they they were similarly to the game on Saturday night they were in it they were well in it with you know coming up to halftime Dublin hit them with two goals it was a pretty similar story on Saturday night so Keane O'Neill said at the time that he needed to learn from that but then you know fast forward to Saturday night and the exact same thing happens again yeah, I think it kind of shows I, I don't know would you describe it as a deficit at leadership but the problem with Kildare seems to be that the players that are really taking ownership of this team. Uh, fellas like Kevin Feely, Daniel Flynn. Um, I know we didn't play the other night. Paddy Brophy, who they missed in a big way. They're going to take this Kildare team to wherever it is they're going to go under Keane O'Neill. But the problem is they're still very young. Um, so when you're in a situation like you face, and it's very hard. I'm sure Keane O'Neill, you know, gave instructions or they ran plays and training that look if Dublin get a foothold or they get a run of scores, you know, we win the ball through this kick out or we buy a bit of time through doing this. But when you're faced with it in real time, I'm sure it's a very hard thing to do. But they just don't have those players that are kind of you know not since Dermot Early really and Johnny Doyle retired that are 28, 29, maybe even a little bit older who have huge leadership qualities, who have experience, who have beaten Dublin, who have lent their medals. So they're kind of, you know, they're a developing team, but I think the players that are now uh, the linchpins of this team probably don't have that experience just yet to know what to do. But look, in fairness, in Crow Park, um, 
against Dublin, it's very, very difficult. Like Karen was talking about the condition of the Dublin players. Um, like we were talking to Alan Dillon at a, at, a, at a press conference a couple of weeks ago and he said the reason he didn't go on the Mayo team holiday, despite the fact that it would have been his final team holiday, was that he knew the team were doing collective sessions over there, that they were, they were training on their team holiday. And I remember talking to Niall Miner recently enough as well and he says, look, the days of teams coming back after a long pre-season, players coming back with kind of bellies and you know spend a couple of weeks running off them. he says inter-county players now particularly at the top end they keep themselves at 90% of fitness anyway in mm. the off season that's just what they do and I think that was very self-evident with Dublin on Saturday night they, they look like a team that were already moving like they might do sort of far much deeper into summer yeah, Martin, and, and I guess a bit like Kerry, Dublin blooded one or two new players, maybe not as many as Kerry did. Brian Howard, Colin Basquell were both, both in the team. They seemed to go quite well, So, and we were kind of talking off air that they turned down the chance to go on a team holiday to play the O'Byrne Cup, and it seemed to have stood to them. Well, it's hardly any surprise, really, that they've, they're going so well. They, they, you, you could have seen that for the last few years, that they, would, that, they would, uh, that they were going to make it, and obviously, they, they, and I suppose... Turning down the team holiday, it, it it looks good on the CV as well, and and fair play to them for doing that. But I certainly think they, they, they it's, it's no surprise you could see those lads coming for the last number of years. Yeah, Kieran, what about your your two club mates, Brian Fenton and Brian Howard, at the weekend? Uh, you know, Fenton got man of the match. He kicked some lovely scores. He has that lovely kicking motion, even just to watch it. Um, and then Howard, obviously, a, a new player. You, you were impressed with both of them, I take it. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, Fenton is is just moving to another level. Um, it's just quite phenomenal to think he's only twenty four uh, and what he's achieved in the game. But um, he's a Rolls Royce footballer, um, and and the ease in which he gets up and down the pitch, uh, his his balance, his quick feet now to get round guys. He's two brilliant feet. His kick passing. Uh, and now, now he's beginning to get forward and take scores. Like he's just brought it to a new level. He actually has everything. Uh, you can only look back and and and, and admire, admire him from from a distance and 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 wish you were in that position because um, he has now become so important to Dublin um, in the, in the centre of the park. He's their big leader. I think himself and Kieran Kilkenny for me are the two guys that really make it happen in that middle part of the pitch Kilkenny I thought was brilliant the other night as well Brian Howard you know I alluded to it probably a good while ago that he was the real deal is what I would have described him as uh, seeing him play in the, in the 21 championship and seeing him play with the club uh, he had fantastic worth ethic very versatile can can play anywhere really he can play in any position um, and it was only a matter of time before he, he, he stepped up to the mark and, and has a super super attitude so you know it's it was great for to see him get his debut but Basquiat was excellent as well three points Niall Scully who broke into the team last year was very very good down, down the right flank so like it's it's there's a hell of a lot of positivity there and you, you look at Bernard Brogan even Bernard's performance the other night you know his the hunger and desire that he showed the competition for places is just phenomenal uh, and uh, and I think that's what's driving guys on nobody can afford to take their foot off the pedal because that jersey will be gone so um, it's listen it's usually positive from, from Jim Gavin's perspective Dublin have 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 started how they mean to go on and and I gotta be honest I thought you know they had been they'd had a, a few months off and and I do know the inter-county fellas um do look after themselves but I, I thought the level of performance considering they were only just back was, was 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 quite phenomenal particularly in the second half there's another point as well just on the we were talking about you know Donegal and you know Offaly and Matty McLean and last year and and teams 
deciding to have more of a go and maybe to be more expansive this year. I thought in the first half on Saturday night, Kildare actually got a lot of men behind the ball. Um, I thought they were very physical. They were very aggressive uh, in a good way. And at halftime, it almost and you could see Daniel Flynn like the amount of times Daniel Flynn got up and down the park like they were asking him to put in a super superhuman shift but it looked almost as if Keane O'Neill said at half time right now we'll have a go now we're only a couple of points down now we'll now we'll take them on in a big way and you saw what happened like Dublin I think they scored two five in that little spell without reply and they could have had four goals really so you know teams will teams will kind of second guess themselves in future about you know like it is admirable to have a go because Mayo do it and they're the one team that stopped Dublin doing what they do very well but um, there's very other, few other teams that are equipped to do it just just away Will from from the, the, the Dublin from the actual game itself there was a crowd of 26,000 there on Saturday night it was a very good crowd but I can't understand for the life of me why the, the, the league wasn't started with Dublin and Kerry and Dublin and Galway and the hurling have the Ireland hurling champions there have Dublin and Kerry would somebody not give the computer a little kick and remind them this and get sixty or 70,000 people there it's great a crowd of 26,000 4,000 at Galway and Antrim and, and, and go and look at the fixtures and say well Kerry have to, are coming to Dublin anyway are coming to Crow Park Galway are coming to Parnell Park I think at the end of February That's right, well, it's, Say, look at look at the fixtures and say this makes sense to have these two uh, this blockbuster of a, of a takeoff on the last Saturday night in January rather than just there were it was sitting there to be to be done to be exploited and to be marketed and it didn't happen and I can't understand why and similarly when Galway were playing uh, Antrim in the hurling well then why not give the computer a kick and send that send Galway up to Antrim I mean little things like that that could really uh, you know look at the promotional opportunities and go and exploit them and I think that was a huge opportunity missed not to fill Crow Park or certainly get a crowd of sixty thousand there last Saturday night. and then you see next Saturday. You have Kerry Mayo and Dublin Town on at the same time, even clashing. So ideally. yeah, but, but, but uh, repeat the All Ireland semi final. Mm-hmm. But that's absolutely. But certainly last Saturday was a chance of huge launch. They used to do it in the past. I mean, with and uh, we got hello crowds and uh, fifty and yeah. sixty thousand. This saying, was Pat, a chance. It was missed, and I can't understand why. We're just saying Pat Gilroy's first league game as Dublin manager was a sellout in Crow Park. It was part of the. 125 year uh, celebrations and his his league debut as Dublin hurling manager. You could you could hear him shouting on the sideline. Well, yeah, yeah, you, you can't you can't uh, uh, sort of tweak the fixtures if they're if they're not coming uh, coming your way. But Kerry or Kerry are coming to Crow Park. Galway are coming to Dublin. Go and do it and sell it and market it. Huge opportunity lost. We'll talk about Tyrone's surprise defeat to Galway and the rest of the football action in just a moment. But first, we'll hear this week's Rory story sketch. Okay, folks, before we conclude this AGM, which has taken us well over two hours, uh, is there any other business? Yes, Tom? Mr Chairman, can you guarantee me that there'll be no young lads running on the grass after they've caught it? Tom, as as I've explained multiple times tonight... I can't guarantee they won't be near the pitch, but I can guarantee we will try and stop them as best as we can. Because, as, as I said already, every single, uh, you know, even during the summer, they're in the goal mode and they're making shite of it and yeah, it makes yeah, my job yeah, terrible. Tom, Tom, we know you work very hard and we'll, we'll try our best to make sure they don't do it again. So, yeah, thanks very much. And right. Anything else there? Yeah, Linda? I, I still don't think that the Camogie players get enough gear. Yeah, Linda, uh, as again we've explained multiple times, we will do our best to ensure all funding is equally spread across all genders and all that crap. Will you promise me because it looks to me yeah. that the hurlers get all the thing and the camogie players get nothing? Yeah, Linda, don't worry, I promise you we'll look after the camogie players, that's not a bother. Okay, folks, before we finish, is there any other business? Yes, Michael? As I said already, I still don't think that the adult footballers are doing enough for to make money in, in this club. 
Look, Michael, as we've explained multiple times to you, we're going to do our best to make sure the adult footballers go around and help around the club, OK? So they're going to be selling lotto tickets every Friday and Saturday night to make money? Yes, yes, Michael. I'll, I'll, I'll get a few lads to help you out with that, no problem. Right. OK. OK, folks, uh, that's a wrap now for the AGM. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman. <sighs> what, Tom? Uh, as I said to you before, the young lads... No, Tom, we're done. OK, folks, that's it. AGM done. Thank you. See you later. Great stuff from Rory's stories there. And just to wrap up on Division 1, Martin, uh, the surprise result probably the weekend for me was Tyrone uh, going down in Tume against Galway. You know, a lot of people were tipping Tyrone as maybe dark horses to win the league. What was the talk in Galway before the game? Was this a surprise result? Well, funny enough, Galway have a good enough record against uh, Tyrone in the league. And uh, over the, uh, they haven't played them, obviously, because uh, they've been in Division 2. But in, in the seasons, Tyrone were in Division 2 for two of those seasons. And, and so Galway have done pretty well against them. And clearly if Tyrone, when, when Galway got the early goal, I mean, it's, it's the thing with Tyrone. If you, if you get an early goal, it seems uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, they don't seem to come back very well. For it's obviously a dire bad performance by Tyrone. There's no doubt whatsoever. And it is a huge setback because that was a match that would have targeted to, to set them uh, to set them on their way, and it was a really good performance from Damian Comer, who had a re- who had started the season really well. I think after the Mayo game, he was like two to five to win an All Star, which was ridiculously short as it turned out. But he seems to be a player that really coming along. Well, he is. I mean, he's got the power, and he's got the he's 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 a very good player. So too is uh, Shane Walsh, Kevin Clumber, and him. He's he's got a, he's got real real talent. But I think the the problem for Galway will, will still be defensively. The new fullback, Sean Andy O'Kelly, the under twenty one, will see if he makes the, if he makes the grade. But that's the issue. But they'll be delighted with to, to get to get a win against very much against the odds. Yeah, Kieran. I guess from a Tyrone perspective, you know, their last kind of competitive game properly was that semi final defeat to Dublin. So from their fans would have been hoping for some sort of response. So a very disappointing way to start the season. Yeah, well, Tyrone are always very strong early season, you know. Um, but, you know, reading an interview over the weekend, Mickey Hart done, you know, kind of half insinuated that he wasn't going to change a whole lot. Uh, and, you know, from a Ty- Tyrone perspective, I think they've got to back themselves a little bit more. Um, you know, the, the style that they played last year, we saw it come a cropper against Dublin. And, and I don't think you can put that down to Dublin getting the early goal. I think, I think it was inevitable it would have happened because Dublin were very, very well prepared in terms of how they played with width. So, like, I do think, yes, they will. They, he, he can continue with that style and maybe it will be very effective in, in, in certain games and it might be effective enough in an Ulster Championship. But, you know, they went to Chum yesterday and scored three points from play, which is, is, is pretty awful, to be honest with you, from a team that... Expects to be in the top three, four in the country, so uh, it's a bit of a setback for them, uh, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how they evolve. Because I would suspect that their own public want this team to come out and play a little bit more. Because you know it's the, it's the old age debate here that you know there seems to be you know a drive for teams to push up and play more uh, attractive football, and and that's a little bit too simplistic. Because you know as Connor said there, you know you saw awfully conceding a big score yesterday and 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 Cavan kind of last year you have to you have to play with the tools you're given uh, every manager has to adapt what players he has in the pitch but from a Tyrone perspective you would think that they have more talent to play a more open brand of football so um it's going to be interesting to watch them over the next seven or eight weeks i think next week's game uh, the dubs going to to Alma is going to be a, a very attractive fixture um I, i'd say that they'd be looking to deal out a bit of retribution from the semi-final um it could be like 
uh, the Battle of Almond a few years ago where the shoe was on, on the other foot for a change where so it, it, it's going to be I think it's going to be a tense affair on Saturday night But do you think as well uh, that uh, they would have gone for a bit more yesterday I mean the Galway defence wasn't exactly uh, watertight against Kerry last year and that's been their weak area so you'd have thought that Tyrone would, would try more expansive against the likes of Galway and have a go instead of mm-hmm. that as Kieran says three points from play over 70 minutes it's appalling score really Yeah very poor it's a, and the last game of Division 1 was Mayo Monaghan I, I think you would have won a nice bounty of money had uh, they got over the line, Connor. But unfortunately, they let you down. Uh, yeah, what it, it was it was a great character building win for them in a tight game. You know, it was their first time winning uh, first uh, league game under Stephen Rochford. Paddy Durkin kicked a marvelous point to to win it. I was a bit surprised myself to see Andy Moran in from the start. But what, what did you make of their overall effort? Well, I only kind of saw highlights of it, but um, you know. Monaghan kind of do what they do very well like I you know it, it sounded to me like it was a very fractious game it was very confrontational it was very physical but, but Monaghan can often use that particularly at home and Clonus to to kind of t- turn a game into their terms but uh, Mayo are one, like Mayo are the last team on earth that you want to do that against because they'll absolutely give it to you they're incredibly physically strong um, you know they've been in every sort of tight situation in the past and like I, I was surprised because historically um Mayo haven't started the league well and historical indicators are more accurate with Mayo than any other team because essentially it's the same team that's been there for the last four or five years but it bodes well that they're winning battles this early um, in the year and it bodes well that they brought through um, a few players again you know I'm not sure whether young players playing well at this time of year is going to translate to actually cracking the team at the back end of the at the season because I still think it's going to be pretty much the same team that that bring Mayo into the championship this year but it will change the dynamic of their spring um, if they can get another couple of wins because for the last couple of years like particularly last year they looked a decent bet for relegation before they went to Oma and won and before they beat Donegal at home but I think there will be less pressure maybe on the young players they bring into the team if they can get a couple of wins and, and, and push on towards a league final rather than have the threat of relegation kind of hanging over their heads you know in the middle part of the, the league yeah, Kieran, just the last question before we let you go. Just looking down from the other divisions, like Cork had a very disappointing loss at home to Tipperary in their Division 2 opener. Ross Common and Mead played out an entertaining draw. Our man from Manor picking up wins in Division 3. Was there any team or a result that caught your eye from, from maybe down the divisions over the weekend? Uh, I suppose the only one that kind of stuck out maybe was maybe Armagh uh, laying out a statement. Uh, they beat Com- Sligo comprehensively. Uh, I know it's Division Three football, but I think they're 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 a team under pressure maybe to get out of that division. Uh, so you know that they would that there's positive signs there, and I think they adapted their game and played with a lot more attack and flair and went for it and obviously reaped the rewards. So it's going to be interesting to see how they develop. And um, the other side, you know, uh, Tipperary, I thought at times. You know, we're, we're electric against Cork in the second half. Connor Sweeney, the goals, Michael Quimbrin's goals. You know, they're they're a team that still have a bit of X factor. They have two or three really top quality players, and maybe still lacking that bit of depth that Liam Cairns needed. But the likes of Stephen O'Brien back is is is, is a boost boost to them. So they're probably two teams just to keep an eye on at the moment. Thanks so much, Shakiran, for joining us, and thanks to Martin and Connor for coming in studio as well. And that's all we have time for in the Throw In Football Show this week. We will be back next Monday to review all the Round Two action, and you can also listen to our Round One hurling show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Independent.ie. So until next Monday, thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.